Going on 14. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And we've all got swords. <laughs> Even the monkey. I love that scene. That is a great scene. There, there's a lot of great scenes in that. Well, yeah. He's got the monkeys. He's got the monkeys. Is he the monkeys? The way they're dancing. It's classic. Makes it so, even better that they're the guards. So, just so if in, you like monkeys, you might like the shows on the podcast collective. Wait, such as, are we, we going to tell them what the show's about? No. They can figure it out as we go along. All right. <laughs> because I'm not going to get another one. <laughs> uh, such it, as the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. It's Aladdin. <laughs> the internet. It's not the pool boy. Aladdin. The Dog and Deuce Show. And Aladdin. And of course, the Red Dead Radio Hour. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yes. Nice. If you're looking for our older shows, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Talk to Podverse, FM, Noon FM, all over the place. We got podcasts in your pantry. What? Yeah. I'm the lazy Susan. It's right. It's right next to the jam. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. It's jam, podcasts, and cumin, and then the laundromat. <laughs> you? What is going <laughs> on? I don't know. I'm just, scared. God I, to Jerry. Jerry to you. To, to you, laundromat. <laughs> I need an adult. Have you been touching yourself, John? Um, it is you. Seven oh eight. Now another gonna think it's the real genius show. Uh, seven oh eight now wrap. Seven eight six six nine nine seven two seven. Click and call on Facebook. Give us a ring. Let us know what you want to hear, or stuff. Or, or don't. Yeah, people yeah, haven't like, been. Like, like nobody, nobody has done in forever. Now I feel like we're just shouting out into the wild blue yonder. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I don't think anybody's listening anymore. Screaming into the void. Whatever. Yeah, I don't care if you listen. I never cared if you listened. It's not true. That's a lie. I want everyone to listen. Because we're funny. You'd better listen to him. He's got a sword. (laughs) We've all got swords. (laughs) Yes, we are discussing Aladdin, the old 1992 and the new 2018 Will Smith. We get to talk about Robin Williams. We get to talk about Will Smith. Will Smith. 2019. Whatever. It's still going to be a good show. I mean, who gives a shit? Those are two good guys. Robin Williams and Will Smith. How can you go wrong? Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think it's about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right, so this week, the date is November 25th, 1992, the release of the original Disney's Aladdin. All right, so music. The top song in the land was How Do You Talk to an Angel by The Heights, which was knocked off by Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You from the Bodyguard soundtrack. Holy crap. That was like on yeah. for months after that, wasn't it? Who, who forgot all about the How Do You Talk to an Angel song? Well, it's just weird that there are two songs that were on the top, and I despise them both. I have the single, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. You, just, you despise I Will Always Love You? Oh, yeah. Her uh, version or the whole song? Her version in particular. Because yeah, why he loves like, no I, one? I, no, I've I've never liked Whitney Houston. Past about uh, I want to dance with somebody. Not a fan. Huh? 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 huh. I thought That's maybe it was Kevin, Kevin Costner Fallout. Oh, that was my guess. No, no, just uh, I and I think the reason I think I will always love you might have been the moment it went from like casual. I don't think I like her very much to like. I really don't like her. Huh. I'm not sure why. I don't know how we've never discussed this. Yeah, it's one know? of the few few uh, music topics I have one of those weird, like, really strong opinions about. Hmm. Well, I, don't really strong, opinion? I don't have strong opinions about anything myself. What? <laughs> you have you have like strong opinions about water. I have strong opinions about things I don't even know. I have strong opinions about until it comes up. You have strong opinions about things that you don't even know anything about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I don't. Need, I don't have to know a subject to have an opinion on it. Good thing for you, right? <laughs> that comes in handy a lot. So on December second, bassist Bill Wyman announced he had left the Rolling Stones. 
He was replaced by Daryl Jones, who has been with the band ever since. Hmm. And they're basically both have, have been with the band about the same amount of time. Or, you know, they split it pretty much down the middle. Hmm. Bum, bum, bum. But Daryl's about to pass him. Which is All funny right. because nobody knows who the hell Daryl Jones is, but everybody still knows who Bill Wyman is. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they'd switched. Poor Daryl. I know. I think he's doing all right, probably. That would be my guess. I mean, he's the basis for the Rolling Stones. How right. bad can <laughs> seemed, life be? Seemed fine when I saw him last. <laughs> he never complains to me. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I've only seen the Stones since they made the basis change, so. Oh, oh you mean literally that you I, I Literally since I saw him last. <laughs> I, I thought you were making a joke. So did I. Huh. All right, so Miley Cyrus, American actress, performer, activist, and singer-songwriter, was born in Nashville, Tennessee on November 23rd. She is best known for portraying the title character in Hannah Montana and has many pop music hits, including Party in the USA and Wrecking Ball. She died on March 23rd, 1992. No, no. She, the, the week has already been covered. <laughs> she was born. She didn't. She was not born and died in the same week. She would not be known. She might have just been, like, really talented. She just had a hell of a week. <laughs> <laughs> she I'm two her days old and I've been signed <laughs> uh, and finally and apparently she already speaks too at two days old it's that Cyrus that. jeans when you got Billy Ray running through your system you know everything's gravy literally ew nah. ew ew that's what made his heart achy breaky <laughs> ah and finally, Roy Claxton Acuff was an American country music singer, fiddler, and promoter. Known as the king of country music, Acuff is often credited with making the genre internationally successful. In 1952, Hank Williams Sr. said, he's the biggest singer this music ever knew. You booked him and you don't worry about crowds. For drawing power in the South, it was Roy Acuff, then God. Acuff gained regional fame in the group The Smoky Mountain Boys. He joined the Grand Ole Opry in 1938 and remained one of the Opry's key figures and promoters for nearly four decades. In 1962, Acuff became the first living inductee into the Country Music Hall of Fame. In 1991, he was awarded the National Medal of Arts and given a Lifetime Achievement Award by the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, the first country music act to receive the esteemed honor. Roy Acuff died in Nashville on November 23rd of congestive heart failure at the age of 89, along with Miley Cyrus. Uh, I'm fairly certain none of you guys know who Roy Acuff is. Maybe Josh, since he did yeah, uh, correct you. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's not like known by a lot of people outside of country music aficionados because, uh, you know, he didn't have a great voice. He didn't, but he had a shit ton of charisma. He was a great stage presence and he was a great writer and one of the best fiddlers ever in the Grand Old Opry. And just from all accounts, just one hell of a nice guy. I know who he was. Did you I really? Okay. his name, but... I grew up well, on, you've seen, yeah, you've seen it in print, at least. You've never heard it said. I grew up on old school country and big band. That's what my mom listened to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know some of his music simply because my father was a fan of his, but I don't really care for him much. I, I, I like, I respect him and I and his place in country music. He's probably, he might be one of the four, you know, on, on the Mount Rushmore of country music. He's definitely in the Mount Rushmore of the Grand Old Opry. But yeah, he was he was a hell of a talent and a hell of a nice guy, like I said. This guy, with his with his pedigree... Towards the end of his life slash career, whatever, he hung around the Grand Old Opry and basically was just like a free custodian because he's just like never left. And so he would just do all the like you know, fill up the soda machines and shit because he's just like and then he'd go on that night and, and perform for everyone. <laughs> just hmm. hanging out. Yep. Just an all around great guy from what everybody said. All right. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. I've never seen it. I haven't either. Not, not great. Yeah, Tim Curry's in it. There's a ton of cameos, but uh, from what I've heard, but yeah, I've just I didn't never had the desire to see it. I was never a huge Home Alone fan. I liked it. It was okay. I never thought it deserved to be like a one of the top ten grossing movies of all time. Well, you you might get more appreciation for it if you watch uh, the movies that made us. That episode, how they made it, was actually really interesting and like how it warped other films around it. Pretty hmm. cool, actually. I watched I the very first that. episode of that show, but I uh, I don't remember what that one was on. But that yeah. was uh, Dirty Dancing. Yes, yeah. Dirty Dancing. Mm. That was such a good episode. I concur with Josh. Yeah, hmm. I was I was a big fan of all four of those. All right, uh, movies released this week included Aladdin, Malcolm X, 
Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Bodyguard, The Crying Game, and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Hmm. That's That's interesting. Kind of a grab bag of movies right there. But it's a solid list if if that was a list you had to stick with, you know. Well, think about how many of those movies are like looked back upon as kind of like I don't know. They're they're all pretty well esteemed, well received. Films. I mean, the bodyguard is just you're, yeah. when, when you just want to have something on to not pay attention to. Bram Stoker's Dracula is when you want to have something on to go. Why do I own this DVD? Oh, I, I'll watch Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. over the bodyguard. Keanu, I, I, and I don't even think it's all that great. Keanu's in it, so. I mean, all those movies, though, have some sort of a reputation. Yeah, people, like, would remember them. Yeah. Yeah, all all these movies are good but not great, in my opinion. I think the best one out of all of them is Aladdin. For sure. Well, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, you could, but what's the point? We know you were lying. Yeah. All right. uh, Sterling Price Holloway Jr. was an American actor who appeared in over 100 films and 40 TV shows, along with radio and commercials. He did voice acting for the Walt Disney Company, including serving as the original voice for the title character in Walt Disney's Winnie the Pooh. Holloway appeared in films with Fred McMurray, Barbara Stanwyck, Lon Chaney Jr., Clark Gable, Joan Crawford, Bing Crosby, John Carradine, among others. In 1942, during World War II, Holloway enlisted in the U.S. Army and was assigned to the Special Services. Some of the television shows he appeared on were The Adventures of Superman, The Untouchables, The Real McCoys, The Twilight Zone, Gilligan's Island, The Andy Griffith Show, F Troop, and Moonlighting. Mm-hmm. Holloway died from a cardiac arrest on November 22nd. I have never seen Moonlighting. Really? 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 It was yeah. good. Yeah, I've seen like maybe six of them. Like, yeah. like when uh, when Curtis Armstrong was on, and I watched all those. I watched that pretty religiously when it was on. Yeah, me too. It, it was a big show at the time. Oh yeah, I remember it being a thing, but I just I don't, for some reason or another never got it. Gotcha. Do you think Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis ever did it? Yeah, I think they did too. Yeah, probably. They're both <laughs> a couple. They're both a couple of horn dogs. Wouldn't you? Fuck yeah! Without <laughs> one of them. Yeah, exactly. Take it in the ass, Bruce. All right. I mean, Jesus, to have the chance to say you get to fuck Bruce Willis? Hell yeah. This conversation is taking a strange but not unlikely turn for us. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Robert F. Simon was an American character actor who appeared in dozens of movies and TV shows, including The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Operation Petticoat, MASH, Bewitched, McHale's Navy, Get Smart, the Andy Griffith Show, and Love American Style. For some reason, this week was relevant to his life. <laughs> I, I bet he died. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, he died. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I dropped the book. <laughs> no, I just wanted you guys to know about him. He's a great guy. He just faded yeah, I got to the end. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I, no, because I totally meant to go back to that paragraph because I was going to put the acronym of the week in there. And then I decided to put it somewhere else, and I forgot to go back and finish that paragraph. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he died. God bless it. <laughs> and the ghost of Robert F. Simon was like, oh, they're going to talk about me now. Aw. <laughs> Just like in real life. But he's another one. If you looked him up, you would recognize his face also. Oh, I'm sure. All right. So TV, the top shows in the land were 60 Minutes, Roseanne, Home Improvement, and Murphy Brown. That Speaking is of- 90s on the plate. Yep, so uh, the Seinfeld episode, The Contest, was broadcast on NBC this week. Despite the controversy, the episode won an Emmy and was named as the number one episode of Seinfeld by TV Guide. That's a famous one. Yep. I agree. I think it's the best episode of of the show. And on the other side of the TV coin, the made-for-TV movie Saved by the Bell, Hawaiian style, was broadcast on November 27th. So when they all got laid. Yeah. Was that the one where they were in college? That's the one where they the the one guy he found the idol. Was wearing, you thinking uh, the Brady Bunch? Was I? <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, <laughs> I remember that that movie. What am I thinking of? That sucked, man. Brady Bunch. Okay, yeah, the Brady well, Bunch go to going to Hawaii was awful. Yeah, they found the little idol on the. Yeah, and Greg yeah. was surfing, and yep, yep, he and he fell off the surfboard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all because of that cursed little idol. It was Fucking a belly idol. idol. 
But this Saved by the Bell one, that because it couldn't have been the college years because the college years always had to say the college years. So this had to be the original one. I don't remember them going to Hawaii in high school, but I didn't really watch that show much. I was going to say, were you that invested in this? No. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, I remember shit, but I don't remember that at all. So I mm. guess I just never even saw a commercial for it. Well, then, December 1st on CBS was a 5,000th episode of The Young and the Restless. In celebration of this, a Young and Restless-themed showcase was presented on the acronym of the week, which is TPIR. I'm pretty sure that's three penises in Roger. Oh, oh. <laughs> that would be a show. They just find guys named Roger. Oh, hey, oh, Roger. Roger. What? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, Roger. Get him out. Get him out. I thought you were really going to get that one. I gave you as many clues as I could. What is that? It? Was, that was The Price is Right. Oh, that's pretty close. You're never going to get one of these acronyms, Josh. Always spay and neuter your Rogers, folks. <laughs> Shows that ended this week were The Heights, Good Morning, Mickey, The Amazing Live Sea Monkeys, <laughs> Captain Planet and the Planeteers, Fievel's American Tales, and the ever-popular Raw Tunage. That is a terrible name. What the, what the hell was that? Remember last week when I brought up Fievel? It was for this week. Kind know, of ironic that, that uh, how do you talk to an angel? Dropped off the charts when the show got canceled. I was wondering if anybody was going to pick up on that. Yep. Yeah, the show was the show was nowhere near as popular as the song. That's the, that's the, my favorite. Thing huh, that. That's my favorite thing about that song because most people don't even know it was based on a TV. Sh- it was a theme song for a TV show. Raw Tunage was a Disney show. It had like Sebastian and the Professor Duck thing and a chicken dressed up like Rambo and a what? gorilla and a big pink shirt. That sounds like a fever dream. No way, I'm a loser. <laughs> all right sorry you, did, are you looking up the steve monkeys no i'm looking up raw tunage i've never i mean it's a dis looks terrible but well it's got to be on disney plus right i'm checking like actually a, looks like a fever dream it's wild it's got like all the c-list characters from all sorts of everything like other disney properties and then a couple original characters and randomly sebastian from the little mermaid it's not on Disney Plus. They're like stuff it away. We wow, don't that's, talk this, about it. this is the first of two times that Sebastian will come up this episode. Yeah, I, I recognize like three characters in Raw Tunage. All right, moving on to sports. On November 20th, home crowd favorite Boris Becker claimed his second ATP Tour World Championship tennis title, beating American Jim Courier 646375 in Frankfurt, Germany. The following day, Yugoslavian tennis star Monica Seles beat Martina Navratilova for the second consecutive year to win women's WTA tour. A lot of tennis. Yeah, I was going to say this, and this is the time when uh, I actually followed tennis. So, like, I remember. Did that you watch series. that match? Nice. I, I watched the uh, Seles uh, versus Navratilova for sure. Who was your favorite back then? Uh, Monica Seles. No, I'm uh, of men then. Since. Did you have a? Fa- did you only watch women's tennis? Oh no, I, I watched uh, Agassi and uh, Arthur Ashe because that was back when I was dating uh, Angela, and she was into tennis. So I watched a lot of tennis back then too. I liked Googie a lot, but he was a little later. Uh, I can't remember his full name. His, that was his nickname. Hauser. <laughs> Googie Hauser. It was. It was maybe it was Guga. I can't remember. But anyway, um, he was a Brazilian kid with a, with uh, sideshow bob hair. And Agassi. <laughs> and Agassi, of course, because everybody liked Agassi. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on. David Clarence Boone is an Australian cricket match umpire, former cricket commentator, and international cricketeer whose international playing career spanned the years 1984 to 1996. A right-handed batsman and very occasional offspin bowler, he played first-class cricket for both Tasmania and Durham. Known for his portly figure and distinctive mustache, Boone scored more than 7,000 runs at test level and made more than 100 appearances for both the test and one-day international Australian side. On November 20th, he had his 14th test cricket century, scoring 111 versus West Indies at Brisbane. And yes, he does look exactly like you would imagine after hearing portly figure and distinctive mustache. Boy! 1992, we recently just spoke of it. This is a week that Aladdin came out. We got to see Robin Williams in a completely different light. 
So this is a Disney flick, one of the uh, final remaining in the tail end of the fully hand-drawn animation before they started going to full CGI and everything. But thankfully, recently, that needle's swinging back now. And also, since we're about to get into the cast, I think this is one of the first times that they used uh, stunt casting in, instead of using, you know, like all voice actors. Because I remember it being a, a huge deal that Robin Williams was coming in to, to voice a Disney character. Yeah, him coming in, but the, there's actually a bigger thing I'll, I can actually talk about later when they get on. But this is directed by Ron Clements, uh, who is also a writer for things like Princess and the Frog, Hercules, and uh, one of my favorite, I think, very underrated Disney movie, but Treasure Planet. Uh, he also directed recently Moana. Moana? Moana. 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 And uh, before th- Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and The Great Mouse Detective, which we talked about last week, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I brought up Fievel. Yeah. All right. So this is played Aladdin. All voice actors is played by Scott Wagner, who is also was played recently. Steve Hale in Fuller House with produced Gallivant. Have you guys watched that? Oh, Gallivant. Yeah. I I watched the first episode and liked it. He was always Steve. What happened to that show? Gallivant? It wasn't popular enough. I mean, just like co- a fantasy comedy musical, like the people who loved it, like absolutely loved it, but didn't find a big enough audience. Yeah, it's very because I mean, the, most people were probably like me, where I remember thinking, "Oh, that looks interesting. I kind of want to watch that," and then never thought about it again. Yep. And Scott then Wagner was always Steve on uh, Full House ever since it, it was originally on before it became Fuller House. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, what's your face's boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So uh, also Genie and the Peddler is voiced by Robin Williams. And what I was going to say before is that this is the point where Disney realized that they did not have to have full blown singers for their musical movies. It was actually a thing because they're like, Robin Williams singing? Where's that going to go? Because you know, normally they would have a actual singer step in, as they did for uh, Scott Wagner in this one. They had a pinch pinch singer for him. Yeah, for him and Jasmine. Yeah, but they just let Robin Williams go. And there is a lot to talk about involving Robin Williams in this movie. So we'll save that to the end. Linda Larkin does the voice Princess Jasmine, uh, was also in the movie Runaway Bride as Gil's girlfriend. And the next best thing is Kelly. But most recently in 2018, played Jasmine again in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, yeah, that's, that's cool awesome. that they got the original uh, voice actress. Aladdin and her have both been the official voices for Aladdin and uh, Jasmine in every video game that comes out. It's like Disney Infinity. She does the voice for Jasmine in that. You know, King- Kingdom Hearts. She does the voice in there also. So That's really cool. Isn't that cool? Uh, Jonathan Freeman as Jafar. Uh, you may know him from The Producers, where he played a ticket taker. Uh, he's pretty much just known, like if you if you bring up the name, it, he's Jafar. He has been again Jafar in Kingdom Hearts. He's been Jafar in literally every Kingdom Hearts game, every secondary Aladdin movie. He has done the he voice. Plays, he plays him Jafar and wide. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Good lord. Wow. Now Joel has to be funny to match up with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> wow. Frank Welker. Yes. Of voiceover fame, if you do not know him, Transformers, Megatron, Soundwave, I mean, he is the voice of the Transformers. He does Abu, Cave of Wonders, and Raja. And don't forget, he's Fred and Scooby. Who were not in this movie. Nope. But I'm saying, you know, if you're talking Frank Welker. Oh, yeah. He's known I mean, as... he's, like, he's like the legend of voice actors. So Yes, for sure. Iago, played by... Uh, Gilbert Gottfried in, I think, one of his best roles ever. I was just about to say, played beautifully by Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, Douglas Seal played the Sultan. You may remember him from uh, doing the voice of Krebs from uh, Rescuers Down Under. And throwback for us, he was the guy who played Santa Claus in Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, why is that for us? Yeah, right? <laughs> I'd like to return it. We, we did it because <laughs> we did a show. We did this. All right, that's fine. We didn't do an earnest show. Yeah, we, we really did. Didn't. No, we didn't. No, no, we did not. We never did a Jim Varney show. There is no now. Nope. <laughs> He's dead. Anyway, Charlie Adler, he does the voice of the next door neighbor to Goofy. Jim Varney. Not Jim Varney. Charlie <laughs> Adler. Ernest? 
<laughs> yes, Ernest. <laughs> hey, Goofy. It's me, Ernest. <laughs> you got any mayo? <laughs> I don't know what the hell is wrong with you guys. I don't know. <laughs> Just struck us all funny, I guess. You <sighs> know what I mean? Uh, anyway, this this Adler guy also does the voiceovers, does the voice acting. He's Starscream in all the Transformer movies. Uh, has played Mordok in multiple things. He does voiceovers in uh, Rocco's Modern Life, Red Dead Redemption 2, the video game. He's a voice in there. Something called clash Arama. Uh, I mean, he's he's all voiceovers all over the place. So that sounds, that sounds like a roller derby rink, like Clash Arama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I see. All right, all right. So some trivia on this one. So while recording this movie, another movie was being made at the same time. That movie was Schindler's List. Why is that important? Because apparently Steven Spielberg would call Robin Williams and put him on speakerphone to help bring up the mood from people making Schindler's List. He would put them on speakerphone and tell jokes to the cast to cheer them up. No pressure. No pressure. I mean, not for Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, no, not at all. We're, we're, just, we're just making a Holocaust movie here. Now make us laugh. Yeah, we're doing a Holocaust movie. Quiver's depressed. But some of the jokes that he used while he was doing that turned into jokes that were in Latin. Oh, that Holocaust joke makes a lot more sense. Now. Doesn't it? Seriously. <laughs> a lot more sense. That whole scene with the shower and all that? And Roberto yeah. Benigni? Yeah. I, I, and the Anne Frank so joke? So confused. Yeah. Hide and seek champion. That one scene where they put a lat- they put Jasmine up in the attic? Seriously. <laughs> makes complete sense now. My God, we're going to hell. Okay. And they went to black and white for a while? Yeah, it was weird. So the opening scene with the street merchant was completely unscripted. Robin Williams was brought into the sound stage, and they said, here's a bunch of stuff covered in a sheet. Just go with it. Cover everything and started doing descriptions of everything that was under the sheet. Without looking, take an object, describe it. The majority of what they recorded that afternoon was not appropriate for a Disney movie and was never used. One jump ahead of the oven. Well, One and, jump and, and, ahead of my dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> a, a actually interesting fact about that is um, his Robin Williams idol in comedy was Jonathan Winters and mm-hmm. at the end of the Jonathan Winters show that's something that they used to do to him as an imp- they, they would give him some kind of prop and he had to spend five minutes making jokes with this one prop mm-hmm. so I so, mean that had, to, that had to be a dream to, to Robin Williams make him think he's doing something like Jonathan Winters if you, and- if you dig somewhere online you can find it I think it was either Showtime or HBO had a Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters special where they just let the two of them loose in a prop room and video and filmed it yeah that's good shit yeah so during the course of recording the voices robin williams improvised so much they had almost 16 hours of just robin williams material i am not surprised at all now here comes the caveat because robin williams ad-libbed so many of his lines the script was rejected for a best adapted screenplay academy award nomination i'm gonna have a heart attack and die of not surprise mm-hmm so, Robin Williams was called for this movie. The I don't know if you know how they got his attention for it, as they actually an, animated one of his stand-up routines. And as so did the genie show. or something? Yeah, <laughs> to, show, to show him that he was perfect for this role, because initially he didn't want to do it. They paid him union scale for this on the provisos that his voice was not to be used for merchandising, for toys and everything, and that the genie character was not to take up more than 25% of the space of a poster, ad, billboard, or trailer. Well, guess what? Disney, Disney said, okay, sure, and did not do any of those things. Uh, when these wishes were not granted, he withdrew his support for Disney and the film, and as a result... Robin Williams' name was not included in the Art of Aladdin book. It makes references to the voice of the genie, but never mentions Robin Williams as the person. What's interesting here is that they go into this, but they don't go into why. Oh, uh, why he wanted that? No, why, why they dicked him around so hard. Because he was already also set to do the voice of the bat in Fern Gully. And Disney expected once he uh, agreed to do the genie that he'd back out of Fern Gully. But he cared about the environmental message in Fern Gully and refused to drop out of the other animated feature. Mm. So the head of Disney decided to fuck him over for it. So, wow. 
uh, Eisner. And be really petty, yeah. Yeah. Wow. God, if that's... Who knew they could be petty in Hollywood? Yeah, right? Disney can be a bitch. It was not available for direct video sequel Aladdin The Return of Jafar or the Aladdin TV show and was actually Dan Castanella filled in as the voice of Genie for these productions. In an attempt to get back on good terms with Williams, uh, Michael Eisner apologized to him by giving him an original Pablo Picasso. Here, Robin Williams Robin Williams was still anger and be angered and betrayed by it and would not accept the gift. It wasn't until Chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg was fired and replaced by Joe Roth that Williams returned to Disney. Though Roth, a public apology through Roth, a public apology was given, promises to right wrongs were kept, and Williams was so touched that he returned to reprise his role as the genie in the second direct to video sequel, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Disney was so thrilled that they threw out all the previously completed recording sessions with Dan Castanella. Which, if you've seen the second one, which I watch, it sounds like Homer Simpson. It does. Which, you know, <laughs> it's Dan Castle. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. But I felt bad for him in, that, in the end of that. He, he recorded this whole movie and they're like, oh, Robin's back. Yay. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he, he, got, paid, he got paid, so. Oh, I'm not, sure he did. Yeah, it's not awful. Yeah. Oh. So I'm going into the convo. I'm hoping to God this is not a first viewing for any of us. I don't uh, see how it could be. Yeah, no. completely impossible. No, of course not. You're a member of college, right? Yeah, yeah we all. I, watched, I think we all four watched it together at one point. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we went to the theater to see it. Mm. I did see it in the theater. Not with you I guys. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater. I know I saw it in the I'm theater, right? and I remember seeing it multiple times afterwards yeah. also. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I, I probably saw it with you then. Every day in college. Yeah, we. I mean, we, it was on concept rotation in your room at least once a month. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So short. Yeah, the short answer is no. This is not the first viewing for any of us. <laughs> no. No, this is a favorite for at least two of us, uh, myself and Joel. Yep. A favorite in what in all time movies or for Disney? For Disney, Disney this is this yeah is my yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah. It makes three of us. Mine is Little Mermaid. Wow. Really? I think the music puts it over the top. I love the soundtrack to Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Huh. I so. <laughs> The one of the things that they initially said was the idea that Robin Williams was doing all the singing for this just blew people away. But seriously, I mean, I I don't want this to be a whole segment where we're just like, oh, my God, I love this movie so much. Remember that part? But yeah, for sure. It's just the nonstop. Every single time Robin Williams is doing the genie, every time the genie is on the on screen, it's rapid fire. We have to pay attention type of stuff. And honestly, like in the whole movie, one of my favorite lines from the genie. I sent it to you guys earlier this week when I was when I was watching it. it was near the end when Aladdin starts talking to Jafar and goes, "Oh, you think you're powerful? You'll never be as powerful as the genie." And and genie's like, "El, why, why are you bringing me into this, man?" It's like I mean, a lot of little little quiet stuff, but Rob Williams this entire thing, all the impressions that he does, everybody, and he flips back and forth, especially in in the Cave of Wonders, is just blew me away the first time I saw it. There are a few of those impressions that do date the movie. I mean, when I see him do Arsenio Hall there, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's 90s. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, the the um, Ed Sullivan impression is not exactly, you know, one for the for like my 11 year old niece who watched who I sat and watched oh. the movie with. Or that or, uh, Groucho Marx also. But. Yeah. That's, Same, uh, yep. I mean, she loved the movie, but she had no idea who those impressions were. She just yeah. thought the, the genie was being goofy. Oh, what was the other one? Uh, when Iago uh, smacks into the wall and does not. Yeah. Right. That, that was very 90s. But the thing is, is like, even though, they, you know, you have Arsenio Hill, you have the knot and all that, it's not dated. You know, you don't look at, you don't look at that and go, oh, man, this is like, I'm trying to think of an 80s Disney movie that totally reeks of it. I don't know. Re- reeks Help of being here. dated? Joel, what do you think? What, reeks of being dated? Well, I mean, the point is, it's 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 not a you know, it, it's a it's a movie that that lasts. I mean, it's got staying power. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of really good, solid comic chops. And I personally, I'm not a huge Robin Williams fan. I mean, I I like him. I like a lot of things that he's in. I, you know, and I don't like dislike him by any stretch. I think he's overrated a little bit. But this is one of my favorite roles of his. I think this was it was obviously tailor made for Robin Williams and he took that and ran with it so it's perfect it's a perfect matching perfect blend of 
of uh, artist and media, and he was he was pretty much born to play this role. I'm still kind of reeling from the Robin Williams is overrated, but that's fine. No, I I don't I don't think he's like I don't think he's in the top ten percent of all comedians ever, but he's definitely in like the top twenty five percent. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of Robin Williams goes a long way. I can't disagree with that. I mean, the, the the Robin Williams thing gets real old after a while, and if you pay a lot of attention to what's going on, like in, especially towards the end, when he would just make appearances, and audiences would just be losing it, and I'm like, he's not even really doing anything or saying anything, and you can see it in his eyes. He's like, I'm not even really being that funny right now. Like, why are you people losing your minds? He he became a character of himself, especially towards the end, and that was you know, it was it was sad to watch because. Like his days of Mork and Mindy, I mean, he was, you know, that was brilliant. But towards the end, man, I don't know. He just. I get what you're saying. I mean, I get it. He went through a little bit of a time there where he was trying to do more serious roles. But I'm not referring to his his, his act. His, I liked him, at, like, in Goodwill Hunting and, you know, and, uh, and God, in One Hour Photo, he was amazing. Yeah, One Hour Photo is what I was thinking. One Hour Photo, and there was another one where he was uh, a more. Uh, World According to Garp. Something like that. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I, I. It's not his acting chops. It's just comedy that I take issue with. You know, I mean, honestly, his stand-up when when he was younger was great. Insomnia. That's the other one. Mm, oh, Insomnia yeah, was amazing. Yeah, that was yes, a great. That's movie. what I was trying to think of. That's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I was trying to think of that. And one. I actually really like that movie. It's good. But good but the whole the whole manic Robin Williams thing, you know, a little bit of it goes a long way. So I guess one of the reasons why this is such a huge Disney movie in particular for me is because of the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, especially A Whole New World and... Uh, friend like, and Me. Not I, Friend and Me. Friend Like Me. Friend Like Me. No, I, I, I like one the... One Jump. The introduction of um, Prince Ali. That I love that oh, song. Awesome. Like, song after song, I, I don't think there's a bad one. No, I don't. I don't think there is. Yep. For me, I I think part of it was when I first saw it. I was in high school, and I went with friends to go see it in the theater. And I think part of it initially was the people I was with, but then after I left the theater and sat with it, and then bought the VHS and the big clamshell case, um, mm-hmm. I just kind of fell in love with it, and it became a thing. And I've got like a full set of the trading cards. I got a puzzle. I've got figures. I've got, you know, it's it's a whole thing for me. <laughs> I love this film. And yeah, the music, the actors, the the story, the animation. I mean, the only thing that I have a problem with is what we talked about in the CGI show, which is the use of CGI for the Cave of Wonders. Well, and the carpet and the lava. <laughs> the well, lava the carpet looks work. amazing. Yeah, the carpet looks fantastic. The CGI, I think the worst part of it was the CGI when they're escaping the Cave of Wonders. Yes. That's the but, only part of it that takes me out of it. And I'm like, oh, I wish that that wasn't there, you know? It doesn't, like, totally destroy it. No. And I don't, I don't think you really notice it if you don't know to look for it. I mean, well, did you the really lava's... notice it the very first time? Yes. He was complaining about it on the way back from the theater. <laughs> mm-hmm. No joke. I, I, and that's, I believe you. I believe you. And it's mostly the lava. Like, I actually think the Cave of Wonders still looks pretty good. Same. I think all of the animation holds up. Bring me the lamp. That was good. That was wow. pretty good. Good Cave of Wonders, Joel. That's <laughs> uh, because there was no Woody Allen in there. Yeah. <laughs> you Woody know, Allen's Cave of Wonders. <laughs> we didn't talk about the singers that did Aladdin and uh, Jasmine's voices for the singing parts, but... If you've ever seen them, they base their, the design of the characters on the singers instead of the actors. Mm, they based Aladdin off of uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah. they Aladdin's car- the, the animated character of Aladdin. They were looking for more of a handsome-ish type of character for it, and they based him off of, off of Tom Cruise. Hmm. I don't remember that underwear scene. That's why he only had one big tooth. Yep. Exactly it. You, you nailed it there. <laughs> that explains the Scientology references. All 
All right, we are back, and we are talking about Aladdin 2019. Same story, same deal, same desert, same cave. Ish. Ish, yeah. Less enthusiasm. Same voice for the Cave of Wonders. You're getting a little terrifying on that now. I might as well write this down as a new character, because now that he knows he can do it, he's going to do it all the time. I've been doing that for years. Not on the podcast. I would have recognized it. No, I've never done it on the podcast before. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit, now the mother's back. All right. Ruth is back. Ruth's, <laughs> Ruth May is here. Thank you for that. All right, would you so. rather have me here? <laughs> I have admin rights on this thing. I'm going to kick your ass in a second here. All right, so Aladdin 2019. And you know, they said, who would be a great person to direct this? And they said, what was that British movie? One with the guns and everybody dying and all that. Yeah, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. That sounds like a great guy that should do a live action version of a children's movie. Yeah, I'm very curious as to why he was chosen, but I'm glad he was because I'm a fan of Guy Ritchie. I think we all are. Yeah, but I'm going to take issue with that. Like he's he's not even really known as a Lock, Stock guy. He did uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes, Lock, Stock, Snatch. I mean, that's the thing. Sherlock Holmes to Aladdin is a much shorter path than Lockstock or Snatch to well, Aladdin. It, e- even closer is uh, Man from Uncle, which we watched. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I like everything he did. Yeah. Pretty so, much. Swept away. What is swept away? Do I know the that? Madonna, the Madonna movie. We don't need to talk about that. You do. Yeah. Seriously. It was Guy Ritchie. It was. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's good. He was dating Madonna at the time and can be excused for making a vanity project for her. Hey, maybe I would like it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm just assuming I'm, I'm going to hate it. Seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm not going to like it because Joel brought it up three times. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you guys heard me. <laughs> no, we were ignoring you. No, I know. Okay. That's why I keep saying it. Uh, anyway, Guy Ritchie, uh, writing credits, Guy Ritchie and John August, who were, was a writer on Big Fish and the Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the old uh, movie Go. Oh, remember that. Yeah. That's an interesting resume. I liked Go. Yeah, Go was pretty good. That was only that was his first feature film. Uh, also, screenplay of The Corpse Bride. So he had, he had some kind of weird type writing going on there. And stepping into the cast, Will Smith. As the genie slash the mariner. Uh, they're giving him a dual character, just like they did with Rob Williams. Yeah, it's a controversial casting, but I, yeah. I was pretty okay with it. They were, I mean, there was, I remember when it was announced and everybody went a little haywire with it online, as they do. But yeah, um, I, I think what people had more issue with was the live action genie more than Will Smith as the genie. I remember there were people that complained about Will Smith. But I remember more people complaining about the, the look of the genie when the first picture came out. Yes, that's mm-hmm. when the shit went sideways. Uh-huh. See, because I, I think that specifically the casting of Will Smith had a lot to do with that. Like by that point, by the time you got stills of what the genie looked like, people were looking for something to bitch about. Just my Correct. opinion. Oh, yeah, I'll give you that. But moving on, Mena Masood for playing Aladdin. Other things he has been in, Reprisal, and also was in uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Yeah, most we of the people in this were in Jack now. Ryan at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. go, go well, figure. And he, he, uh, he looks like Aladdin. Uh, yeah, he, he yeah. really does. Yeah, good luck for him. Naomi Scott is Jasmine, which remember her from uh, when we did the Power Rangers movie. She was Kimberly the Pink Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Marwan Kenzari as Jafar, uh, again, in a movie that we had seen before. He was Pierre Michel on Murder of the Orient Express remake. And I believe he was on <laughs> Jack, Jack Ryan. Jack okay. Ryan. <laughs> all right. we've, we've all been on Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah, aren't we all Jack on Ryan. Jack Ryan? So, uh, I'd like to be on Jack Ryan. The Sultan was played by David Negaban was not on Jack Ryan, but he was in Homeland. <laughs> <laughs> Nassim Pedrad as Dahlia, the chambermaid for the for the princess, was in the movie Cooties. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. I wish I have not seen that yet. Oh, oh my sure. god, it's so fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. It looks good. It's I watched just watched something similar the other day, Little Monsters. Oh, that was a fantastic movie. That was one of my favorites of this year for a whole yeah. Billy Magnuson, I put him in there just because he was ridiculous. He was on Game Night. 
It was Ryan on Game Night. Oh, I didn't recognize him there. Yeah. Oh. And Nassim Pedrad is a SNL person. So a good, solid cast on there. I mean, for, for what they're making. Some trivia on this one. In the Friend Like Me number, the carpet starts to do the Carlton dance. Nice. <laughs> I oh, I missed that. that. Yeah. I missed it. I saw that when it happened. Now, this is something else. Sir Patrick Stewart campaigned for the role of Jafar, and he had previously turned down the role in 1992 and has regretted it ever since. Hmm. I would have liked to have seen them actually do that. Yeah. Marwan Kanzari was the lone casting. I was just like, this dude is not good as Jafar. Mm. I completely agree with you on that one. He was not nearly as menacing as he should have been to play a character like that. I think my favorite Jafar is definitely... Uh, he, he was very much like an NCIS villain. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I felt he was more snake-like and more kind of slippery and kind of, you know, slimy than he was regal and kind of right i mean and i'm not i'm literally not saying this because it's a middle eastern movie but he had that like slimy terrorist vibe he didn't have the menacing evil villain vibe mm-hmm. it's just he, he felt like an extra in an arnold movie or an ncis or whatever that kind of thing all right also uh during the scene when aladdin asks genie to make him a prince he produces an actual prince in the way background the prince is dressed in pink and lime green, which are the same colors and the title logo and a nod to Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air from 1990. So oh, in I didn't es- catch that essence, Genie created a Fresh Prince for Aladdin. Nice. Yeah. I did not catch that. Yeah. Now, going to the Will Smith thing. Will Smith said that he was terrified while playing the character, but he found a lane that pays homage to Robin Williams while still making the role his own thing. And that is what I took away from this as well. I was not, I mean, first off, I kind of felt bad for, for Will Smith. Yeah. How do you follow? Because the bar is so freaking high. Mm-hmm. And just if you get really, really over the top, everybody's going to be like, oh, you're just trying to be Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and I will say the blue face genie, there was a little bit of uncanny valley going on there. Yes. But Will Smith did a great job of making... The genie, his own character, nodding to Robin Williams, but not, like you said, not doing the, oh, you're just trying to fake it and be be Robin on this. He wasn't doing an impression. Right. Uh, last one, uh, Guy Ritchie chose Will Smith to be genie because he believed that Smith could give a performance as good as the late Robin Williams, but not similar. Just the flavor of the character would be different enough and unique enough that it would be in a different lane versus trying to compete. And at least he didn't go, like... I'm, I was afraid when they first cast him, and I think a lot of people were that he was going to go like the whole uh, Big Willie style. You know, he was going to do some kind of something like that, you know, and just really urban it up. And a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people were were afraid it was going to be like a bad boys version of Will Smith. I could see that. Yeah. And he's had so many different characters that he's played in the past. that It's one of those where you're not sure where he's going to go with it. But I yeah, cause he, he could do anything. I mean, the, the man's talented. Yeah. I just I I really give him credit for taking the role and for like he said he made it his own. There was enough of a nod to it, and I personally never understood the uproar about him as the genie because I I thought he was going to hit it out of the park, and I you know whichever way he decided to go with it was going to be good. I personally believe that there is a significant number of people out there that could not possibly have been satisfied with a remake of Aladdin unless they had somehow resurrected Robin Williams from the grave and put him back in the park. Or just used a bunch of, of, of old, not used footage of him. You know, yeah, yeah, the other 14 hours of footage. Mm-hmm. You Which know, they could then, have done. And that would have made those people happy, but it wouldn't have been as good of a movie. Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, there were things about this that really worked for me and a few things that really didn't. I thought Agrabah looked awesome. Yes. yes. Like, visually, every one of the big numbers, just like, I think they nailed the hell out of it. And the sets were were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Prince Ali introduction song was really good. Oh, I love that parade. So great. Yeah. The non Ellen Menken songs were a little cringy. Okay, I, here's the thing about that though: is one of the things that didn't work for me is just about everybody singing except for Jasmine, and they had two things going on. One in the original movie, Jasmine doesn't have a whole hell of a lot to do aside from stand there and be the girlfriend and two, like she's far and away the best singer in the cast. So sure. Throw her a couple of songs. Yeah. 
I can give she vocally she was the best. Yeah, you I know. mean her song, her songs were not good, but it wasn't because of her. It just the songs themselves were not very good songs. And that's fair. I I was glad to hear more of her singing because I like to hear her sing. But I, I will say, for okay, I'll, I'll concede the point that maybe the songs aren't up to the quality of the rest. I felt like she was she was tougher in the original. Like that scene when she leaps across the roof. Here, she's scared to do it, and she's a bit more kind of timid. And Well, I mean, I'm not saying this like in a flippant way, but it's easier to be courageous when you're a cartoon. I mean, they just draw you doing whatever the hell you want to do. When things are like real life, when you're doing a real life turn, I mean, that's a scary thing to do. I don't think the actress was necessarily uh, scared, but I mean... No, but I'm saying in real, in real life, a real life person... The first time you go on a rooftop, you're not going to be, you know, hopping and skipping like a like a seasoned veteran. Well, and that's the thing is, I, I almost think in the original, they give her more the illusion of being brave, but they don't actually give her anything to do with it. Where in this one, she's timid, but she actually gets a character arc and she goes beyond that. Yeah, right. and that's kind of, that's kind of my point. She's a little she's a little more realistic in in the live action movie. Hey, in the cartoon, she let all those birds out. And those were the Sultan's favorite birds. So, I mean, that took some cojones right there. Yeah, it was a huge character development moment. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the birds? Now you don't have the birds. Character yeah. over. And don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of the original Jasmine. I just, I uh, am glad to see the character get something more to do. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, who I liked a lot more was Dahlia. The, the the handmaiden. The handmaiden, yeah. Oh, she was a riot. Yeah, I liked her character, but the whole romance between her and the genie were one of, was one of the things that fell flat for me. It was one of the put that goes in my did not work pile. Really? Well, yeah. They used it as a as a device though to kind of tell the story, mm-hmm. um, and it gave him something more than just kind of going off to see the world, like. Yeah, it gave him about. a reason for his freedom. The inclusion of Dahlia in this one was kind of to make up for the fact that the animal characters and the non-human characters in this one were played down a lot more. Well, they had no lines. Yeah, right. I mean, Iago was barely... I mean, he turned into a big demon parrot at the end. And I kind of missed that. I missed the interaction. Like, I was, I was ready and waiting for the crazy-ass parrot scenes and the monkey you know, doing his thing, like like in the original one, she thinks this, the monkey is a sultan. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and that was very funny, but it's also, you know, it's a, it's it's hard to pull off, I guess, unless you do it all CGI. Well, yeah. and the, the, the a, Iago had lines, and he was still Iago. He just was darker, and they made him sound more like a parrot. Yeah. Right, his he, voice didn't change. They they decided to go with the uh, realistic pets instead of like you know the cartoonish pets. Mm-hmm. But Which is he fine, still was but... saying stuff besides you know Polly wants a cracker. He was actually talking. Well, parrots can talk. You know, you can't. No, but have... I mean, he was having conversations. He wasn't just parroting things. Yeah, he was right. actually. He did. He did like he. He seemed to have a little bit of sentience. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. There there was a couple times there where he was like bad move. You know. Yeah. That sort of thing where he was kind of cognizant of what's going on. I think the change of the uh, Sultan, uh, the original like written story, the Sultan is 100% like loves toys and little trinkets and that sort of thing, which is why the Sultan in the Disney one was always stacking up little toys. Like he had the little glass menagerie animals and that sort of thing. That kind of, kind, of, kind of a clueless goof. Yeah. But in the story itself, he, the, the king was actually the. The Sultan was actually into like little toys and little, I mean, wind up things. It's like the clock in the original one had those, the moon and the sun that would pop up out of the back, that sort of thing. So this one, I think he's, it was a good change up for him being more of a serious king that kind of knows what's going on around him. You know, I mean, I think Navid did a great job on that one. He, you know, especially near the end when it started to hit the van, he was a, not so much the, the Sultan that's going to be tied up and fed crackers type of guy, you know? And I, I have to say, I like the casting on Aladdin. He mm-hmm. was charming. He was roguish. He was, you know. Mm. It, you just it, said that. I'm sorry. That just that just popped in my head and reminded me to talk about why Guy Ritchie chose to do this movie. Because every movie that he's done before has been like a rogues gallery type of movie. 
Oh, okay. And Aladdin is one of the main rogues. You know, he's one of you think of a roguish character. Aladdin pops into your head. So he gave his go at this one because Aladdin in his mind was another one of the rogue characters that he always liked to uh, direct. You were saying, Joel. Oh, no, I just I just thought it was it was good casting because I was concerned about kind of recasting people that you're familiar with. I thought he was a he was a good choice. The only thing I kind of took issue with was the fact that Will Smith can't sing. So they tried to kind of put it in his range and then kind of make it sort of rappy, sort of singing. Could have done without the little beatbox bridge. That was a little... Well, and I don't think Mina Masood could sing a lick either. Like, they had very narrow requirements, and I think they hit everything they needed to. They wanted to be culturally sensitive and find some people who looked the part, could act, and could at least pull off songs. And I think that they did that, even though Mina Masood, I thought, was not a very good singer. But he was better than Will Smith. Uh, okay. Uh, if if you're going to com- compare people in it. When the other movie, so much of it kind of relies on how good the songs are surprised me a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and take exception with the fact that Will Smith can't sing. I just think they did a purposeful pullback of any kind of, that's why when I said earlier, like this was like, you know, Aladdin without any of the rinse or whatever it was I used. I don't remember right now. You know, it, it just, they pulled back everything because they were afraid of being compared to the original and I, I think like every song, they they just they pulled back on it. And I Will Smith can sing. I mean, just because he's a rapper doesn't mean he can't sing. He's a perfect. He's he's a, he's a guy that has the talent to sing. I've heard him sing. It's easy to you can find stuff on YouTube of him singing. I mean, but it's not like Queen Latifah singing. You know, well, no, he's not, he's he's not as good as you know your top nine percent or whatever. But I mean, he he can sing. He can. You're making it sound like he's Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, well, no, I will not. agree with Joel that he, his singing his singing parts in the movie were not great as a singer, and I think that was a purposeful like they they were so I, I think there was a lot of trepidation in making this remake. They were afraid of stepping on a lot of quote unquote sacred toes that you know I mean especially with Robin Williams you know being dead now. There's a lot of sensitivity to trying to redo this movie. I I mean I'm amazed they decided to do it. Yeah. Well, and I personally noticed the lack of singing talent more with Aladdin than with Genie when I was watching it, where I was blown away by Jasmine. I, I thought she was great. Yeah, I just her songs were, and that's not her fault, you know. Well, even her parts where Jasmine was singing in the original, she was clearly the stronger singer in A Whole New World, like by a lot. Oh, that's the thing. Um, her singing was because she's she is a disney clone child from the basement of disney world she was in a movie called lemonade mouth where a bunch of kids come together and form a band and has done multiple disney type we're all singing type of thing shows up into this point so she's been singing for a while Hmm. one of the things i liked about this was the way they flushed out the one guard in particular um hakeem I, I yes yeah that bit at the end where you know they're they're kind of talking about how loyal he was and everything i thought that was a, a nice little touch this one i i and in conversation at work talking to people this is kind of interesting because what are you doing for the show this week oh we're watching aladdin oh i love aladdin it was man it was so good i just thought the, the songs were great this that and the other were amazing I'm like oh well which one do you like better do you like the original or do you like the Will Smith one. Two people in, in the office. What original? I'm like, back it up. What? There's what? I, I thought yeah. you were going to go the other way. They didn't know the Will Smith version. No, no, no. They had only seen and only knew the Will Smith version. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, you have got a great thing coming. Like, you need to go find this. Go to the library. Go wherever. Go to Disney Plus. Get this movie. Watch it. Robin Williams is a genie. Oh, really? I didn't know that he did that. Yep, he did. Were you living under a rock? Well, I mean, it's come on. I made a Princess Bride quote the other day at my office, and nobody knew what the heck I was talking about. They were just born in '95. That's all. Yeah, I I was going to say that. That I could almost see, but I mean, Disney's Aladdin. 
I don't understand how anyone who isn't like Patrick's niece's age doesn't already mm-hmm. know. It. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, some uh, in defense of this, some people came here from overseas. OK, that's fair. So you got yeah, some yeah. of that going on. But but even even so, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't like I, in my initial reaction was like, what? But but then it was like, you go watch it. Come back and tell me what you think about it because you are going to really love it you know it's and it's kind of cool to let them know that there's this great movie that they're just going to you know that's gonna they're gonna dig i forgot where i was going with this <laughs> one of the characters that i felt was very similar to the original but that i i didn't i wasn't mad at the movie because i liked what they did with it was the carpet the carpet had s- so much character in this and it wasn't a huge departure from the original but it was really fun outside of him being you know a whole lot bigger Mm. He was a much bigger. I, I, I genuinely laughed out loud when he got sewn together, or whatever, and he gave the monkey a big hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I liked, I liked the the way they handled the carpet a lot. Yeah, and it matched the drapes. Yikes! <sighs> so I think we're running out of things to say with that. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a sign that we've. I mean, here, here's the thing that the, the final thing I want, I do want to say about it is that. I enjoyed the 2019 Aladdin. And I think if I had not known, had never seen the original, I would have been just like people I was talking to at work that were like, I've never, I love this movie. It was so great, but because they had nothing else to compare it to. I, I agree. Like I, I am all in on this movie. I had my complaints and there were a few things that didn't work for me, but overall I was open to liking it, which I think a lot of people were not like before they mm-hmm. sat down, they decided, made up their mind to not like it while it wasn't perfect. There wasn't, I didn't like everything about it. Overall, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I did too. I, I pretty much agree with everything Josh said. Uh, the one thing I would say is, I think if this movie had put the same kind of exuberance into the singing, into the songs as the original did, if they hadn't been afraid to step on some toes, whatever, and do the same type of songs in the soundtrack, I think I would have liked it as much as the original. Okay. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I was wondering, though, I, you know, as much as I love the original, I enjoyed this and I watched it with Laura and the kids and (laughs) Juliana kept saying, Will Smith is just being Will Smith. Hmm. How well, and Robin feel... Williams was just being Robin Williams. I mean, if you that's really what was... we said. That was yeah. our argument back to her. But when you compare this to John Favreau's The Jungle Book, which we did, which one's better? Uh, Jungle Book. But for me, Jungle Book is the gold standard that uh, enabled the existence of Disney live action pictures in general. And I almost think it's not fair to compare the others to them because this for me, this is second place. Like none of the others come close. See, I think I might have liked this one more because I, I just I felt like this was this was this was a beautiful movie for one. I don't, I don't know. It is close. It may not overtake Jungle Book. I mean, it's the only other one we've done so far. But, but the King the King Louis scene in the Jungle Book really annoyed me. I don't know. I'll call it a tie. <laughs> I mm. just wanted to bring it up because I remembered we'd done that show, too, and it's the only other one really compared to So, Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the other ones, but I have, and they're, they're well below these. Like, eventually we'll probably get to Dumbo, and begrudgingly we'll probably get to The Lion King. Spoilers. <laughs> I've seen Beauty and the Beast. I've seen Dumbo. Oh. I've not seen The Lion King. Yeah, and Beauty and the Beast was fine. It was middle of the pack as far as I'm concerned. I've Not seen great. all of them but Dumbo so far. Little Mermaid's on the way. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Hmm. I'm more excited the- about Mulan. I still haven't seen the original Mulan. No? Really? Do, yeah. do you have Disney Plus? I do. Yeah. S- spend a couple hours. Watch Mulan. It's great. Lilo and Stitch is fantastic. Lilo and Stitch is coming too. Live action, Lilo and Stitch. Yep. I've been oh. told I'm, I've been told I'm supposed to see Moana before I see Mulan. Nah, not like they're connected at all. So yeah, two different I things. Mean, they're both excellent. They're both really worth watching. Yeah. No. So I don't think Joel, we have to do a thumbs up or thumbs down because I think we yeah. just kind of did. Yeah, yeah, we completely <laughs> did. Yep. Okay, Joel, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week we are uh, going to see if all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. What are we watching? I forgot. The Shining and Doctor Sleep. I've been Ooh. looking forward to this one for a while. Ditto. I so, have been looking forward to it ever since you guys told me that Doctor Sleep was a sequel to The Shining. 
Nice. Cool. So, well, if you have any opinions about uh, Disney movies or Stephen King adaptations or anything we talk about on 40 Going On 14, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoot, Podverse, FM, NoonFM.com. Find us all over the place and listen to us. We've got quite the catalog. And also, please, like Josh said, give us more ideas. We love them. And In the calls. meantime... Yeah. I miss you. In the meantime, enjoy your monkey and we will be here next week. Thanks. Enjoy your monkey? Who doesn't enjoy, enjoy a monkey? Mine, yeah. Eh, yeah. All right. Touche. <laughs> You're using your monkey wrong. Are you podcasting on the side? Are you cheating on us? <gasps> no, he's looking for the Jim Varney episode, which I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> sure exist. does not exist. It does not exist. Uh-oh, we're having a Mandela effect. I am 100% True sure it does not exist. Next door neighbor to Goofy. What? I think I lost you guys. What? Who? Who's the next door neighbor to Goofy? Douglas Seal? No, Charlie Adler. I lost you. I think I lost you guys a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think you left for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We assumed you were looking for the Jim Varney episode. No, no. I. Totally <laughs> yeah, that's where out. we lost you at Jim Varney. Oh, crap. That's how long ago you were gone. Holy shit. So yeah. I don't know. OK, re- recapping. We, I don't know why we the telling... hell I watched a Jim Varney show. Yeah, because we were telling you that that was not a show we did. <laughs> all right. To, I we're, swear we're to all, God. We're all back now. This is lost in the weeds on this Jim Varney thing. <laughs> God damn it. How the hell did I watch that? Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> so many.